0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: When people tell me, you just cannot believe how much baggage my spouse has, usually with all due respect, I want them to lean and I say, you know what, tell me about yours because something about your baggage attracted his baggage and his baggage attracted your baggage because that's the way it goes.
0: Next on Life Today, Bible teacher and author Beth Moore illustrates how easy it is for us to point out other people's messes, even as we make our own.
2: Welcome to Life Today. Uh, Betty has had some eye surgery. She'll be away for a few days and back and, uh, and then do the other eye and be gone again for a while. But she's fine. Nothing serious. She just had to have a little cataract removal because she didn't want to be have a dim vision at all. And what a wonderful person precious wife she is. If you don't know, I'm James Robinson, and I am welcome you to Life Today. Wednesday's in the Word. For years, it was simply referred to as Wednesdays with Beth but because Beth loves the word and she saw what life today did for her to impact people all over the world. Gave her an opportunity she she never imagined she would have. And then as she meets others like Christine Kane, uh, Lisa Bevere, she said, James, you gotta share Wednesdays with some of these others because they're such a blessing. And so we do. So we simply refer to Wednesdays now as Wednesdays in the word with these incredibly gifted women. In daytime, much of our audience are women. And you're so special. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you're the greatest source of inspiration and I think influence in the world. And I want you to be blessed. Beth Moore is going to be sharing with you today. And her title, I looked down, it says, The God Who Sees What? Listen to Beth. Welcome, Beth Moore.
1: I want to read, first of all, just six verses with you out of Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Everybody say Hagar. Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant, it may be that I shall obtain children. By her Now, as weird as this is to us, and as wrong as this is to us, and as wrong as it should be to us, and as wrong as it would have been to them, it was something that was more a part of their culture that is impossible for us to understand, how then a maidservant could be um, somehow the mother of the children that would be part of the lineage of that original couple. It's just... We cannot wrap our minds around this custom, but it was part of this ancient world. And it says, I want you not to miss this part. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah in verse three. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. Would you just watch this blame? God has done this to us and now look what you have done to me. I want you to look at what happens to us when we get a victim mentality. Because she is the victim of, did you hear her in the very beginning of it? Behold, now the Lord, in verse 2, has prevented me from bearing children. And now it's like, may the Lord judge you for what you've done for me, she says to her husband. So total victim here, total victim God has given us this this promise, and now he will not fulfill it. And now look what you have done to me. May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarah, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. And then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. I want you to just take a look at the mess in the house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The mess in the the house. Listen, this is the Downton Abbey of the Old Testament. (laughs) Anybody seeing that with me? Anybody familiar? I'm not recommending you watch it. I'm not recommending you not watch it. I'm simply saying we have a precedent for this in the Word of God. It is right here in Genesis chapter 16 because Sarah would be Lady Grantham and Hagar would live all the way downstairs. Anybody getting that with me? Sarah would be the one in the really, really, really pretty clothes and Hagar would have to to wear the same general outfit day after day. That's what's going on in this narrative. And so gentlemen, here's what I'm going to have to do uh, with you. I'm going to have to say you, just enter into us as we often enter into you with the many narratives in the Word of God um, that involve men and involve the sons of God and involve um, a, a much more um, a, a male perspective. We need you to come in with us this time and take Take a look at the mess in this house. Because what I want to tell you, gentlemen, is this. There is nothing uglier than two women in a tangle. <laughs> Listen, I'm not sure you have ever had a fight with your wife that is as ugly as one as she could have with another woman. Is that safe to say? There is nothing like a cat fight between two women. It is ugly, ugly. Do not let anyone ever tell you that men are more competitive than women. That would not be so. We just do it a little different way. Um, Men like to just go, you know, this is my friend, this is my enemy. A woman, once she kind of scopes out her surroundings and she knows she can't get away from her, this is kind of what a woman does. She becomes her frenemy. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Part friend, part enemy, because she believes the old adage that keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. So this whole thing that's going on between the two of them with all the insecurity that is bleeding out in this house is fascinating. Notice with me that it says, let's go back to about verse four, and he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Everybody say contempt. It's, it's a wonderful word to say because you can kind of even feel the anger of it uh, with the way it ends with the M and the P and the T. Contempt. Say it again. I mean, try to just make, if you can't see any spit, you're not saying it right. <laughs> contempt. Say it one more time. It, there's contempt. And it means, contempt means in the Hebrew word that's translated into um, ESV, contempt there, means to treat As if small, to diminish, to diminish. What had happened here is that Sarah had been the high and mighty one um, in this uh, kind of a system that they, this caste system that was going on in this household, because of course Hagar was the servant. But once Hagar had something over her, anybody with me? Then she felt like. Sarah was under her, and she had suddenly diminished in her sight. In other words, you're not near as high and mighty now. You have no children. I'm bearing the child, and she lost respect for her because, after all, she had given this woman to her own husband. I mean, let, I mean that's weird. Can anybody just say? I mean, let's just let, let's not overlook the fact that that is just plain weird. But that's not all there is to it. Not only had Hagar had contempt on Sarah, her mistress. But then it says that if you'll look down with me in um, verse six, but Abram said to Sarah, behold, your servant is in your power. Do with her or do to her as you please. Then Sarah dealt harshly with her and she fled from her. Harsh treatment. That is a word that means, and some of your translations may translate it um, exactly like this, that she oppressed her. She oppressed her. Now, Um, the primary word that is um, used for oppressed in the Old Testament means uh, to make someone crouch low, to make someone bow down. So I want you to get this whole uh, element that's going on between these two because they're both so threatened by the other one that they're trying to make the other one bow down. They're trying to diminish them. This is what happens in a competitive mess. This can happen between men. It can happen between women. This is not about gender. It is about human nature when it is not controlled by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Because here's what happens. When we get threatened, the way we react to it in our competitive nature is that we need to make that person smaller. The only way we can handle them because whatever's threatened us about them makes them big in our sight. So the way we've got to handle it is that we have got to make them small. We try to make them small in our conversations with other people about them. This might be a coworker that you feel like is about to outwork you outsource you. And when we look at that, we've got to, with our other coworkers, diminish them so that they will be smaller. Why? Anytime we have to diminish someone, it is because for whatever reason, they are larger than life to us. When we need to make somebody small, that's because they are so big in our head that we don't know how to deal with it. There is no mess like the one we made ourselves. Talk about a demoralizing mess. Listen, it's a much easier thing when someone else made the mess and we can point at them. But when this has to come back here, it's a very unpleasant mess because we know, we think back what we could have done to avoid it. And that is the situation they're in. All three of them are a mess. All three of them are responsible directly for the mess they have made let this thing about it. So we got one messy person and then this mess just gets on somebody else and then it just gets on somebody else. And one person's mess brings out another person's mess and it all finds some way into one big pile in the house. Anybody ever notice that? I know I've told y'all this dozens of times um, on our Wednesdays, but I, I tell you, when I met my husband, I was engaged to another guy. I'm sorry, I know that's disappointing. Listen, I've come a long, long way, a long, long way. But we weren't married yet. Can I go ahead and say that? It was not biblical betrothal. I was not married to who I was engaged to. I was engaged to who I was engaged to. And then there was Keith. And I've said so many times that honestly, Keith and I went to the same university. It was like if we had been on two completely different sides of that um, Texas University, and we, would, we just literally like magnets worked our way together. Why? Because we were equally messed up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because baggage attracts baggage. When people tell me, you just cannot believe how much baggage my spouse has, usually, with all due respect, I want them to lean in. I said, you know what? Tell me about yours because something (laughs) about your baggage attracted his baggage and his baggage attracted your baggage because that's the way it goes. But in this whole big heap, God can perform a beautiful wonder. Uh, just here recently, I had a date with my grandson Jackson who is eight and just about to be nine. In, in fact, I've been thinking about him um, all day because he has a football game today. And please just picture that with me, y'all. Come on now. There is just nothing uh, like a, a little eight-year-old playing football out on the field. Just nothing like it. Last year, we watched one of the coaches get so frustrated. Um, he, he just, he never ever lost his cool, never ever lost his cool with a little boy. He was just simply trying to get him to hand off the ball, to teach him how to hand the football to another player um, that could run down the field with it. And the child could not get the concept. And I watched the um, coach, he finally, he dropped in the grass and he just rolled. And then he, (laughs) he got back up and he brushed himself off, and he continued to coach. Because there was just, it was like, stop, drop, and roll. There's nothing else, nothing else I can do right now. That frustration, I'm going to have to work this out in the grass. But this is about how old my little guy is. And I I usually don't just have a date with him. Now, I don't know for some reason, because she's just a girl, and and um, for whatever reason, she'll come over with her mom when, when, um, when her brother and, and his dad are doing something else. So it's, far more often that I am alone with Annabeth, his younger sister, but it is just a perfect moment when I get to be with him all by myself. And we got to spend a couple of hours together, shop together. We went and got um, yogurt together and we were sitting outside and I was just, just humor me here. I was looking in his beautiful little face and His eyes are as blue um, as a gorgeous uh, cloudless sky and he's got one little fleck of brown in one of them and I can just get lost in that face. That sun just rises and sets right in that beautiful, beautiful little boy's face that I love so much. Makes a certain expression and I can see his mother. He just, I just cannot bear the love of it. I was asked the other day what I love most about grandparenting. There is nothing I do not love about grandparenting. Absolutely nothing. I am completely drunk over these these children. I love them so very much. But while I was sitting with him, he was in his little shorts and I looked down and he had a long, deep scratch on the back of his calf. And I, I mean, not, not just a little, I mean, but like the kind that would have really hurt, the kind that would have bled. And so I, I said, "Buddy." What on earth happened to you? And he explained to me that he had um, he'd done it climbing a tree and he had slipped uh, down. And when he did, you know, a limb had caught him on the back of his little calf and, and scratched down And I said, man, I said, does it hurt? It looks like it does. And I'll never forget the way he answered me because he said, well, kind of. But then he went like this. He said, but if I pinch myself here, it doesn't hurt near as bad. <laughs> just loved it. because We do that constantly. We shift. We try to shift our focus. This is bleeding. This is gashed right here. But we're, let's pinch ourselves to keep our focus over here so we can keep from thinking what a mess has been made.
2: Oh, Beth, you... Uh... I mean, you talk about always seeking to download the truth in power and love. You do it. And also to be so honest and just say hi to Keith, your husband. Uh, We know him. Uh, We can see the challenges. (laughs) Tell him I said so. And uh, I'm sure you're a handful sometimes, Beth. Uh, You've admitted that you are. But when you're willing to talk about things and how great our God is to enable us to see so often as he sees so clearly and to watch God do miraculous things, even in relationships. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for the blessing you are. You've been such a blessing to our mission outreaches and going as a mission worker to the fields. We thank you for that. You and Keith both. I want you to look in, all of you who are viewing right now. I want you to hear about a miracle. Think about this. A family that loves what we do here and wants to help rescue precious children from the sex trafficking and sexual slavery, to think that they would give a gift of nearly $1 million, $820,000, to help us complete a center to rescue people in one of the heaviest traffic places on this planet. But we have a part. I want you to listen closely, I want you to watch, and see if you don't want to be a part of this miracle. I mean a real miracle. For some precious children, many of them. Watch closely.
3: When we see children being children, laughing, playing, it brings a smile to our face and joy to our hearts. But to the human trafficker, they see young bodies who they can control and exploit for money through forced prostitution. Trainee was once a happy child playing with her village friends. Then one day a relative of hers promised her a good job in the city to help her parents who were in desperate need of money. To her horror, Shreni's relative ended up selling her to a human trafficker, who locked her up in a room and forced her to perform sexual acts for several men. Three days later she was let out only to work in a karaoke bar and solicited more clients for the trafficker. The harsh reality is Shreni is not alone. There are thousands of innocent young girls who are trafficked every day. In the twinkling of an eye, their lives can be destroyed by depraved monsters that live in darkness. Something must be done, not only to help Srini, but to reach out to other precious children who are being held against their will or are at risk of being trafficked.
2: Father, I pray that every person who just saw those children we'll see the reality of many children who are being taken captive and held in sexual bondage for the gratification of people who will never find satisfaction, who themselves are held captive. In Jesus' name, please. We're asking every one of you, and by the way, what we're doing in outreach to stop the sexual trafficking of children and of women and boys and children is the result of god-loving compassion-filled mission and relief workers who brought us situations that become an opportunity to assist alleviate suffering and offer freedom we did not know if the viewers of life outreach around the world would even watch we thought maybe you would just turn away but you did not YOU ACTUALLY COMMUNICATED WITH ME AND BETTY AND ALL OF US HERE AT LIFE TODAY THAT YOU WANTED TO PUT GOD'S ARMS AROUND THEM AND SET THEM FREE IF IT COULD BE DONE. AND YES, IT CAN BE. SO WE'RE ASKING YOU TO HELP DO WHAT YOU, OUR VIEWERS, INDICATED YOU WANTED TO DO TOGETHER. AND THIS IS A MIRACLE. BECAUSE YOU SEE, WE HAVE PROVIDED LIFE CENTERS AND HOMES FOR CHILDREN AND WOMEN ALL OVER THE WORLD TO GET THEM OUT OF TRAFFICKING. PEOPLE ARE GIVING $128 PER VICTIM to take care of them for a year. Many of you will want to do that. That's what the cost is, just to care for them. But here's the miracle. Those who are working realize that we need a place to take the smaller children who have been caught. We can actually, we found a way to get them out. But we need to take them to a place that's very secure. We're not even going to talk about where it is. But we're ready to build it and give them the security that totally changes their life and gives them a secure, safe future. We know how to do it. We know where to do it but we need the wherewithal. And God miraculously gave us a family that said, we will give $820,000 toward the cost of that facility, which means we need another 410,000 to have the amount necessary, almost one and a quarter million dollars. Here's what it means to you. It means that basically what you give in its final effect is tripled. It means that if you give $40, it has a $120 effect. YOU GIVE 80, IT HAS A $240 EFFECT. THINK ABOUT THAT. THINK ABOUT THE $1,200 GIFT THAT WE SO OFTEN ASK PEOPLE TO SACRIFICIALLY AND WILLINGLY GIVE. IT BECOMES $3,600. SO IT IS LITERALLY MULTIPLIED IN ITS IMPACT. FATHER, THANK YOU FOR THAT. MAY WE GLADLY TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THIS INCREDIBLE BLESSING TO BE A BLESSING. IN JESUS' NAME. WOULD YOU RIGHT NOW, WOULD YOU MAKE THAT GIFT? COULD YOU MAKE A $1,200 GIFT? Could you make an $80 gift that'll be multiplied? At any level that you can help, would you do it right now? Simply go online, lifetoday.org, use your bank card like a check, or you can dial that number, take your bank card, make the gift God put on your heart. If you do want to write a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us what you're sending. We need to know. We believe that we're going to meet this goal together. We're thankful for a family. Everybody that has been blessed is not necessarily greedy. Many who've been mightily blessed are good stewards of what God has entrusted to their oversight. Thank God for them. Would you take advantage of this opportunity to set people free from the sexual trafficking? We have some beautiful gifts for you. Sarah Young is one of the most blessed authors with devotions. She has written the book, Jesus Calling. From that, the most beautiful things that she shared have now been illustrated in one of the most magnificent books that I've ever seen. Taking the most fabulous statements that she's made that bless people and put them in the most beautiful presentation. We want to send this to you for any gift you make that will be multiplied basically three times its effect just to say thank you. The Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel painting, it's a canvas that's been beautifully framed for you. What a testimony. We're seeing it. to say thanks for those of you who would in fact make that $1,200 gift that'll be multiplied to 3,600. Thank you for the gift you make online or by dialing the number. Thank you for sharing God's love.
0: Innocent children, created to be happy, loved and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Our dream is to build a unique child rescue center in Southeast Asia. A safe haven 100% dedicated to rescuing young victims from the sex traitors and helping them begin the recovery from the abuse they have suffered. This dream of a new rescue center can soon become a reality with your support. Combined with a promised $820,000 matching gift, all we have to do is raise an additional $410,000 to begin construction. That means your gift today will be matched two to one, having a triple impact. Gifts of $20 will be triple to 60. $40 will be triple to 120. $80 will be triple to 240 and generous gifts of $1,200 will be tripled to $3,600 to help us rescue children from sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Sarah Young's newest book, Peace in His Presence, favorite quotations from Jesus Calling. Also, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help us build the Child Rescue Center, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel. Please call Write or make your gift online today.
2: Thank you for your sensitivity. Thank you for being available and yielded to God the Father and in many ways becoming an expression of His heart and as I say often, an extension of His hands. We want to extend our hands just as we do when Beth teaches our others. We want to take you into His presence with the peace that comes there. This is from Jesus Calling by Sarah Young, multi-million seller. This has taken the best of what she shares and put it in the most beautiful presentation of thoughts from Sarah Young. This is absolutely one of the most beautiful books I have ever seen in my life. Thomas Nelson does a tremendous job. For any gift, we're sending you this. If you'll help us with a gift of $1,200 or more, we're going to be sending you the Thomas Kincaid beautiful Cadmus Forest Chapel. Thank you so much for your help. I want to remind you, please go daily to the stream, stream.org. Just make it part of your prayer journal because you're going to be praying about the things that we're going to try to help give people understanding of as it relates to our life, our future, and our freedom, stream.org. Thank all of you for being here. I hope you enjoyed the program. Thanks for Beth. Tell your friends to watch reasons and words. see evil and not call it
0: evil is evil. Tomorrow, Pastor John Hagee shares his shocking introduction into demonology. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.